For all of you that may not know, Pam and Chris have been going to Washington for Jesus for a number of years. Christians United for Israel is an organization that we support. It started with a handful of about 40 pastors from around the country. Our pastor, Billy Joe Doherty, one of them on the foundation, meeting with Pastor Hagee. And he felt that as we continue to move into the end times, that Israel is going to come under extreme attack and that she's going to need support. And we believe America is called to support Israel. We believe our administration is called to support Israel. But so far, our administration has been lacking, very lacking, almost anti-Israel. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But what we feel is that this is the time, like never before, when the body of Christ needs to stand with Israel. And uh, we plan to do that. Currently, this amazes me, out of that handful of 40 people, at the present time, there are 1.8 million members of Christians United for Israel, largest organization in America supporting the Jewish people in Israel. And I want you to know that if you will support Israel, God will support you. God will bless those who bless them. Now, if you're one of those people that are going to do exactly, uh, I mean, what I'm about to describe, stop doing it, okay? Say, well, I don't think they do everything right. You don't do everything right. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell you, you don't do everything right. The Word of God doesn't say we bless Israel because they do everything right. The Word of God says we bless Israel because they are God's chosen people. And we are called. There are two nations on the face of the earth, and, and America is one of them, uh, that really and truly were birthed, I believe, by Almighty God. Number one, the nation of Israel. Number two, the nation of America. And we were referred to in the very beginning as a New Jerusalem. And many people uh, thought that. Many people believe that Christopher Columbus was part Jewish and that his opening the way into this area through the, air, through the sea uh, was to help and, and be a refuge for Jewish people when they were driven out of their homeland many, many years ago. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But I want to start by sharing this with you, that we are at war. You may be one of those people with your head in the sand. Keep it there if you're happy. But when it's all over and done with, your head's going to be in the sand. Everybody's going to be raptured. And you're going to go through the tribulation. You're going to go through great hell. Now, we know that what I just said, you're going to say, well, no, wait a minute. Scripturally, the blood of Jesus is all that is needed to be raptured out of here. That is correct. So turn to your neighbor and say, that is correct. But why not stand before Almighty God and say that you were raptured out of here in the middle of a fight and you were fighting the good fight of faith and you were doing exactly what God told you to do? Can you say amen to that? Amen. Whenever there is war, one of the first casualties of war, we'll see how many scholars we have here. What is one of the first casualties of war? Truth. Pardon? Truth. Billy, give him a hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not, you know what? I would have guessed that if I'd been thinking. Yeah, first casualty of war is truth. All sorts of people say all sorts of different things, and the truth just gets thrown by the wayside. But if you turn to John chapter 8, because we're going to talk about truth today and how important it is that you know the truth. We know that Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You can handle truth. A lot of people are concerned about, well, can, can, you, you, know, can you really handle things? Everybody can handle the truth. Turn to your neighbor and tell me, you can handle the truth. It's not like the movie. What's that movie? I love the movie. It's about the Marine Corps. A few good men. 
You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. As a Marine, you see the movie differently. You support the general. Well, he wasn't a general. He's a lieutenant colonel. But as far as the rank and the file and the discipline that is needed. Folks, we need the truth like never before. We live in a world where the truth is being denied. And I want to share a couple of facts with you, and then I'll get into the guts of the message right here. Because if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But if you don't know the truth, you will believe a lie. Anything that is perpetuated and spoken over and over and over again in your mind, you will eventually begin to believe. If any of you have ever read his, uh, Hitler's story of Mein Kampf, he basically said that if you will repeat an eye, a lie often enough and consistently enough, people will believe it because it will be consistent. We have many people today who are perpetuating lie after lie after lie after lie. Let me tell you this. This is not a political message but it is important. You need to support a political party or a political organization or people running for office that you believe are going to pronounce Christian Judeo ethics in this nation. Because if you don't, then people will go into office who will subvert the game plan that God has for America. And today, and it was announced in this meeting uh, the, 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 what is happening in our nation for people who don't understand this is unbelievable. Now, what I'm about to say is controversial, okay? But that's okay. I don't care. If you're watching the mainstream uh, television, if you're watching the mainstream uh, networks and all, you're not getting the truth. If you're watching Fox News, you're getting the truth. That's just a fact. Now, you may not like it because it's so hard-hitting. You may not like the things they say, but most people are personality-driven. I like this personality, so I'm driven to this personality. That's why you're all here. Uh, Their <laughs> <laughs> <the> person... <laughs> I'm sorry. Their person... <laughs> They're personality driven, so you like to watch this person. Well, they could be feeding you lie after lie after lie after lie. And I'm not saying Fox News is perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. But you've got to get the truth somewhere. And if there's a network where you can get the truth 80% of the time, go for it. If there's a network where you can never get the truth, get out of there and get your head out of the sand and get your head where it belongs, where you're listening to the truth of the gospel, the Word of God. Now, I want to say all that to say this. The Presbyterian Church in America, USA, Presbyterian USA, now, the Presbyterian churches in Lafayette, Indiana, in this area, to the best of my knowledge, are not USA. There used to be one, but they disaffiliated. They stopped their franchise with them, or whatever they call it, and they're no longer USA because they saw what was coming. But Presbyterian USA believes that it is no longer scriptural to discriminate in ordaining homosexuals. Okay, that's your opinion. That's somebody else's opinion. That's fine. That is contrary to the word of truth of the word of God. Can you all say amen to that? Amen. Now, don't be one of those people who say, listen, I know a homosexual. They're a really nice person. Yes, I do too. Went to school with one. Uh, nice guy. Every time I see him, I love him. I give him a big hug. His name is Brian. I love the kid. He's still in sin. He still needs to be set free, but I love him. But I hate the sin that is a stronghold in his life. Does that make sense to all of you? 
Now, see, we're talking about truth. Because if you're not careful, you will water down the truth. You won't speak the truth because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You won't want to get rid of the demonic stronghold that they have. But you've got to learn to speak the truth. Presbyterian USA has now came out with a second one. That one's bad enough. Now, the second one they've come out with is that they have instructed all of their investors that are many, most mainline denominational churches have millions and millions of dollars that they have invested in the world. They have instructed all of their investors, diverse yourself of anything that has to do with Israel. Do not any longer support and invest any money in anything that is to do with Israel. We are boycotting the nation of Israel. Right out of Genesis chapter 12, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Since the Presbyterian USA Church has made that stand, 750,000 members have left their denomination and the number is continuing to grow. Folks, we live in a world where it's time to take a stand. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And we're going to live and do what the Word of God says, and we're going to be what God calls us to be because we're going to proclaim the truth. Now, the good news is that we have the truth. If you are a Christian, a born-again Christian, the truth resides in you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what happens is you become conflicted. That's a word that's fairly new to me. I mean, I've, I've known the word, but, but about, you remember about six months ago, I came to Pam and I said, when I'm, there's an issue. No, no, it was about a year, a year and a half ago. And I said, boy, there's an issue that we are facing. And, and, I, and every time I pray about it, I keep hearing the Lord say, you are conflicted. And, and uh, I said, I've got to look it up because I'm not positive what the word means. It means you've got a dual thing going on in your mind. Yeah, maybe this. Yeah, maybe this. But, but both things can't. You all followed me so far? Any of you feel like you've ever been conflicted? It, it's kind of like uh, a scene out of Fiddler on the Roof. I don't know how many of you. I love that movie. Bill can do. Uh, what's it? Tevya? Is that his name? Bill, Bill can do Fiddler on the Roof. If I were. Yeah, come on, Bill. You want to do it? <laughs> okay. He can do it. He, he can do it. But anyway, if, how many of you have seen Fiddler on the Roof? All right. The rest of you aren't going to have a clue what I'm saying, but that's okay. But, but anyway, the star of the movie is standing up there, and, 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 and he's hilarious to me. It's all about the Jewish people. And, and somebody says, the czar, he's a horrible man. He says, you are right. And he says, and, and we should love the czar. He says, you are right. And he says, wait a minute, they both can't be right. And he says, you are right. <laughs> that's, that's a conflicted person. You are all right. No, 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 we are not all right. Somebody's got the truth, and somebody doesn't have the truth. And what we have to do is get to the point in our life when somebody says, you're just being judged. No, I'm being truthful. You can handle the truth, but you cannot hold back from the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the light. And if you got Jesus, you got the truth. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you've got Jesus, you got the truth. Now, I want to share a couple of things with you, and then we're going to go to John chapter uh, 15 here, if you're following along in, in the Word. But, uh, Right now, the world is coming against Israel. And they're coming against Israel because of what they're doing in Gaza. 
Gaza, if you ever really go back in the Old Covenant, Gaza really belongs to Israel anyway. A lot more land belongs to Israel than they currently possess. And if they keep messing around with Israel, Israel's going to get it all back too. But, but Israel has, has taken about as much as they're going to take. Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu spoke live from Israel uh, via satellite uh, to the organization. About 5,000, 6,000 people were there. And uh, he said, you know, we, we, we don't want to do what we're doing, but we don't have a choice. Uh, since Hamas started the last rocket attack, they have fired over 1,200 rocket missiles into Israel. And, uh, and, and, and what has happened is they've used what we have helped them develop. America is blessed because of our help to Israel. And America helped them develop a system called Iron Dome. And the good news is that that Iron Dome is being deployed in America. So uh, the technology that was used, which is all Jewish in Israel, Iron Dome, has repelled 90% of the missile attacks over there. Two-thirds of the population of Israel at the present time when these missile attacks come go to air raid shelters, uh, so bombing, bomb shelters, bunker heads. So, so anyway... But the, uh, Benjamin, some of you might have heard this on Fox News. He said it again at the, at the summit meeting of CUFI. But, but he, he, he said this statement. He said, in Israel, we use missiles to defend our people. In Hamas, they use people to defend their missiles. And that the missiles are deployed in residential sections, mosques, nurseries, schools, those things. So that when Israel finally does retaliate, the civilian casualty in Gaza is very high. In, in, in before they retaliate, they send in leaflets and notification and use technology to let people say that in this quadrant of Gaza, flee immediately. In one hour, bombing starts. And the Hamas, which is a demonic organization, makes the people stay when they can so that the body count will be high. Now, the United States, or United Nations, and John Kerry, too, for that matter. John Kerry is an idiot. John Kerry <laughs> called Israel. That's the truth. That is the truth. John Kerry called Israel an apartheid state. Who in the hell does he think he is? That offends me. That offends my Jewish friends. And that felt good, too. I don't know if God will bless me for saying hell. <laughs> but I believe the Word of God is truth. I believe when God said, I'll bless those who bless Israel, talking to Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant, I'll bless those who bless him. I don't know how many of you read Bonhoeffer's book pastor in Germany. I don't know how many of you have ever been to uh, Auschwitz. You've been there twice. I've only been there once. 
I don't know how many of you have ever been to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. They have a, have you been there? Wow. They have a place in the Holocaust Museum on the top floor, build up so children can't get to it, where the actual operations took place on the Jewish people to see how much pain they could take. They have actual footage that you sit there and watch these people sitting there. One of them is a pressure chamber. And they want to see how much pressure they can take before their body explodes so that they can use it for their pilots. The world, for some reason, has always hated Israel. But I believe it's because Israel always represented God on this earth. The world wants no restrictions. They want to be free to do whatever they want to do. We see it sweeping Europe. We see it sweeping the Middle East. We see it everywhere. And now we see in America an administration that is almost, now at the meeting, it was not said almost. At the meeting, Michelle Bachman said, this is the first time in the history of America we have an administration that's anti-Israel. Whether you like President Obama or not, he needs to get a clue about Israel. He doesn't need to be messing with Israel. He needs to stop messing with some of the stuff he's done here. But, but we need to get to the point when we're going to live the truth. Does that make sense to you? In other words, we're going to, we're going to live the truth. I got the wrong thing out here. But I wanted to share a couple of statistics with you. Uh, <laughs> this is really fun. I think it was John Hagee who said this, the Jewish people don't occupy the land of Israel. They own the land of Israel. <laughs> Would you turn your name and tell them, they own the land of Israel. Uh, uh, Hamas thrives on ignorance. Uh, they love to kill civilians to get the body count up. The, the United Nations uh, released this proclamation while we're there. And this is where, where truth comes in. The United Nations said the kill ratio between Hamas and between Israel is not justified because it's much higher on the Israeli side. Now, if you'll stop and think about that just for a moment, if you're going to go to war against an enemy, and you're going to say, we're going to kill one of you, and you can kill one of us, and that'll make it fair? Are you just going to wipe out your enemy? Well, folks, we're not talking about going to war and killing people, but there is a war raging over there, and the body count is probably going to be higher on one side than the other. Do you know what we used to call that? They win. <laughs> Unfortunately, now I'm not for war. I'm not for war at all. But if you're going to go to war, you go to war to win, not to have equality. Does that make sense to anybody besides me? Okay. Now, I'm not for going for war or any, anything like that. Uh, we only have one ally in the Middle East, and guess who that is? That's the country of Israel. And then uh, uh, the following people spoke. And I just want to give you a quick update here. Uh, I don't know how many of you know Senator Lindsey Graham. He's come under a lot of attack for, from the Tea Party. Senator Lindsey Graham was unbelievably awesome in his support for the nation of Israel, as was the junior senator from the state of South Carolina, a guy by the name of Tim Scott, on fire, started preaching, said, my mama told me I should be a preacher, but I decided to be a senator for a while instead. <laughs> 
<laughs> Glory to God. He was absolutely awful. Uh, technological miracle was Iron Dome. Apathy, indifference, ignorance are enemies of the Holocaust, and apathy and indifference and ignorance are enemies to Americans today as they look at the world situation. When you hear the word caliphate, take it for what it is. It is the desire of radical Islam to have a caliphate and to eventually conquer the entire Middle East, and then as the head of ISIS right now said, as soon as I'm done here, I'm coming to New York. If somebody tells you they're going to do something over and over again, you should eventually believe they're going to do it. Does that make sense? Now turn to your neighbor and say, this is not a heavy message. Number one enemy that we have in the Middle East right now by, by this meeting is Iran. Iran is developing nuclear weapons. We had some people from the CIA that shared. And uh, Iran is developing nuclear weapons, period. Doesn't matter what the press tells you. Doesn't matter what they tell you. They have 90 tons of uranium being enriched. They are working with Korea because Korea already has been where they are. And right now they are developing intercontinental intercontinental ballistic missiles. The ICBMs by our own CIA should be operational in the year 2015. They don't need ICBMs to reach Israel. They can do that with lower grade weaponry. They need ICBMs to reach Europe and America. And once Iran has nuclear weapons, they will be a force that could dominate the world. Very shortly, many people that were sharing in positions of authority said, Iran will not have nuclear weapons. And it won't be because of the American administration. It will be because of the apple of God's eye, the Israeli people. And they will be protecting not only their homeland, they'll be protecting our homeland. And I believe we need to give the Lord a hand for that because it is exactly what we need at this hour. Now, you might say, well, wait, what's all this got to do with me? I, don't, I just like to watch Dancing with the Stars and I like to watch, uh, you know, um, Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle, glory to God, does that... Does that just date me? Gomer Pyle. Oh, my goodness. Well, you all know what... You all know what I'm talking about. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get your head out of the sand. Now, John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. I've been preaching on this for quite a while, so you all, you all know that. You say, well, gosh, you preach on that an awful lot. It says that the Holy Spirit that we have, which is the Spirit of truth. Let's all say this. I have, I have the Spirit of truth. It doesn't come from the media, doesn't come from Fox News, doesn't come from anywhere. You have a spirit of truth that came from Almighty God and is called the Holy Spirit and it lives inside you and it wants to tell you everything to come. Todd, you did an outstanding job in your crew with that men's breakfast. Give them a hand. They did a great job. Uh, but, but, but Todd has the Holy Spirit in here. I believe Todd is developing, uh, 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 listening to that spirit of truth. Can you say that? 
Yeah, yeah he's improved, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but what happens is the more we do that, then the stronger we get with our confidence. I am hearing the spirit of truth from God, and what I just heard on that TV said is contrary to the word. I bind that in the name of Jesus, and I loose the power of God. Now, I know that some people, and Pam has said that about me. She said, <laughs> no, she's not said that because she knows who I am. But I probably seem a little weird. I have the power to bind anybody's words, and so do you. But if you don't use it, it just lies dormant. It's not there. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 said that we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven through God himself, through his son Jesus, and that we have the power to bind and to lose. How do you bind and how do you lose? With your words. You come against powers and principalities. Now, our fight is not flesh and blood. Our fight is not against an ignorant secretary of state who caused Israel an apartheid state. That is contrary to the will of God and the word of God. That is not truth. That is a lie. How many of you believe that's a lie. Now, maybe I described it wrong when I described him, but I don't think so. Glory to God. So, we bind those words and we say, that is stupid. I bind that word. That is an ignorant conversation. I bind those words in Jesus' name. And then a little bit later, he did come back and say, well, maybe I used too strong a word. Duh, you did. (laughs) So, we get to the point when we think we have the answers. How many of you have total confidence in our administration. How many of you have total confidence in anybody besides the Spirit of Truth? But we have the Spirit of Truth, is that right? So, here's what we do. We start to become and get a revelation that we are like the watchman on the wall. Ezekiel chapter 3. And if you ever read Ezekiel chapter 3, when you get into 16, 17, 18, 19, it's talking about the watchman on the wall. And this is what it says to paraphrase. It says, listen, you are the watchman on the wall. And if you warn people and they heed it, they'll be blessed and you'll be blessed. But if you don't warn people, whatever happens to them is on your head. If they die, their death is on your head. If the blood is flowing, it's on your head. If you didn't warn them. I thought of when I was studying this and praying about this, I thought about a situation where he's been gone for 15 years now, so I don't think it really hurts anything. But my uncle was an individual. He was just the most different guy I've ever met. I loved him, but he was different. Not my uncle Bob, my uncle, my other uncle. And, uh, and he was dying of cancer, so I went to see him. And uh, I, I just felt strong, and I thought, God, he's not going to receive me. I know that. He's just that type of guy. And, and he wasn't. He was belligerent. He, was, he said, I don't want that Jesus you're talking about, and I don't need that. And he was, his, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, I, but, but I finally went. And I did what God told me to do. And I realized as I was getting this message, it was like I was a watchman warning him about what was to happen. And two weeks later, he killed himself. I, now I don't say this with any great satisfaction, but his blood was not on my hands. Pontius Pilate, when he washed his hands, he said, hey, I'm washing my hands of this affair with Jesus. His blood's not on my hands. 
I think he's an innocent man. When Jesus stood before Pilate, and, and, and Pilate basically, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this now, but said, said you know, are you, are you the king of the Jews or whatever? And he said, it's as you said. And uh, he said, you know, that when you know the truth, then you know. And Pilate responded by saying, what is truth? Truth is relevant to everything. But a lot of people in the world today are living in an area where truth is not absolute. Situational ethics. What is the truth? Well, it depends on the situation. What? The truth doesn't depend on the situation. The truth is the truth based on the Word of God delivered through the delivery system of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to all of you? So that you get to the point when you realize, I know the truth. And the truth has set me free. And now I'm going to tell it to you. Well, I don't want you to tell it to me, and you can't tell me. Yes, I can tell you. You just don't have to listen. You can tell anybody anything. We're not out to win a popularity contest. The snare of man is your biggest cha- one of your biggest challenges anyway. We said, this is not a popularity contest. As a matter of fact, you won't be real popular going around and speaking the truth. But I do want to show you one thing in Romans chapter 1. Uh, it, it's a powerful scripture, and I'm sure I've read this scripture before, but it, it, just like, it just went off like a neon sign. It's like, gosh, I don't remember ever seeing this scripture before. We feel that there is no wrath of God upon us in this day and age because we live under a dispensation of grace. Is that correct? Wouldn't everybody say that? Matter of fact, it says in Romans chapter 5 that the wrath of God is not stored up for the children of God. He loves us. Well, I agree and I believe that, but I also believe that the Word of God is truth. And uh, once you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, this is what it says. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. What that is saying is that if you know the truth and you suppress the truth, God's not very happy with you. How many of you have ever, maybe intentionally, Maybe not intentionally had the Holy Spirit show you through the spirit of truth what to do or say or where to go and who to say it to and have not done it. Three of you. That suppresses what? The truth. God is trying to use you to tell somebody to get free and to get that demonic force off their life. Now, our power Our our, our fight, our war is not against people. It's against powers, principalities of darkness. Now, this is my own personal opinion. Islam is Islam. We know that there is a politically correct word to use. And the politically correct word to use is radical Islam is bad. Radical Islam is demonic. If you ever study a Quran, which I have, if you ever, I'm no expert, but I have studied it. If you ever study Sharia law, which I have, which all fall under Islam, you will find a lot of demonic things there. 
It's interesting that in our nation, at the very founding of our nation, we attracted a lot of Jewish people. After the wars with England, one of the first wars we fought was when we sent the Marines to Tripoli because Islam was attacking all of our ships, taking captive our people, causing tremendous ransom to be paid for them, and if the ransom wasn't paid, they beheaded them. When you hear the song, uh, the, the Marine Corps hymn, uh, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, it was our war against Islam. In the world today, what is sweeping the world is Islam. And the enemy that they are fo they're focusing against is what they call little Satan, big Satan. Little Satan is Israel. They believe Israel should be wiped off of the face of the earth and has no right to exist. Hezbollah, Hamas, most of the Palestinians all feel the same way. And this is the mantra that they have in ISIS. ISIS is the caliphate that is being set up in the Middle East. It's already being done. is isn't going to be done. It's already being set up. They're on their way to Baghdad. And this is their mantra. First the little Satan, then the big Satan. First the Middle East, Baghdad, then New York. When you have an enemy that is sworn against you, take them at their word. Believe what they say. And then ask God what to do about it. Does that make sense? Because what's going to happen if we continue to suppress the truth, then the truth will not prevail. When I went to, uh, one of the things that I, I was fortunate to do in, in addition to these meetings, I got a chance to take a trip to Mount Vernon. And w one of my heroes has always been George Washington. And George Washington, he's just a hero of mine. He always has been. <clears throat> and how he felt like the Lord showed him how to take the forces across the Delaware and attack the British on Christmas Eve. And, and, and he had even his own people, some of his own staff close to him said that we can't do that. And he said, well, I, I believe that is the will of God. I'm paraphrasing a lot of his story, but I believe that it's going to be that. And they said, well, what if we don't make it? And he says, it's victory or death. And as I stood there, I'm burned. I don't, I don't know why. I just started crying. And I was out behind where his veranda was, where he'd look out on the Potomac. And it was as if I could envision he and Martha. And, and he said, Martha, the war's not going well. We've lost every single battle so far. But I believe this is an assignment from God and that America is a nation where people will be free to live in total freedom. And I could just picture Martha saying, hang in there, George, it's going to get better. <laughs> but it got worse until he felt the leading of the Lord to take the entire American army across the Delaware on Christmas Eve and attack the British as they were celebrating and getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And if you know your history, they defeated the English, didn't defeat the English, but they defeated all of the English in that area at that time. Uh, it was a turning point of the war and it absolutely changed everything. And then from then on, the mantra became victory 
our death. I believe we stand as watchmen on the wall for two countries, Israel and America, and both of them are under attack. If we don't speak out, and this was the mantra of the meeting, wake up, speak up. And for too long, we've had this stupid, idiotic, ignorant confession in the world. I've heard my parents say it years ago. We don't want to talk about religion or politics. Crap. That should be what all we talk about. <laughs> religion controls the country or should. Political people should be of a Christian faith or a faith that believes in the truth of the Word of God. Whoever came up with that idiotic thing? We probably shouldn't say crap either, should we? <laughs> All right. Now, here's what I want to close with. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. It's Ephesians chapter 4. I'll tell you what, I was, I, was, I was just excited in that meeting. I really am. There's never been a time like this. You all are of different age, but you have 100% of your life left. Pam's dad is 93. 100% of his life may be uh, two weeks. But for two weeks' time, he can divide that up. You got 100% of two weeks left. What are you going to do with it? He's loving people, laughing, telling jokes, and singing. <laughs> he's, you go see John Beale, he sings. He's singing that all the time. He, but, but he'll say, I'm getting close. I'm getting close to Jesus. He's making everybody feel good around him. He's spending his time making people feel good. But whatever your age is, you've got X number of years left. What are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to fish, and I'm going to hunt, and I'm going to shoot squirrels, and I'm going to, you know, whatever. I guess it's all right. And you stand before Jesus and say, what would you do with a lot of years? Well, I fished, I hunted, I ate squirrels, you know. Oh, glory to God. What is that little mansion over there? That's all I got for you. Do you know there are going to be rewards in heaven? Talks about it in the Word of God. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow after me, and there are going to be a lot of rewards in heaven. I'm not doing this for a big mansion, but if God asks me, you want a big mansion or a little mansion? I'm taking a big one. Glory to God. <laughs> How many of you want a big mansion if he gives you a choice? They're probably going to have a Harley right next door. Hallelujah. I'm going to get my Harley. It just may be in heaven. Now, here's what I want to share with you. At the temple of the gate called Beautiful, Peter and Paul, uh, I do that all the time. Peter and John, Peter and Paul, they, they sang. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> who was it? <laughs> pa yeah, but who, who am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, Peter and John. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Peter and John going into the temple of the gate called Beautiful, and, and the lame man standing there, and, and I'm going to paraphrase all this just for time's sake, but, so, you know, uh, alms for the poor or whatever, and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Bam, jabbed, grabbed him, pulled him up. He was healed instantly. The religious leaders came against them and said, shut up. You're not supposed to be doing that stuff. Don't preach against homosexuality as sin. That's a hate crime. You think that's not coming to America? It's already in Sweden. It's coming into Europe. And it's already in portions of Canada where you can't go on national television if you're going to talk about homosexuality. That is a sin. It is the truth of the Word of God. Do we love the homosexuals? Yes. Do we love the lesbians? Yes, they're welcome here. Do we love their sin? And No, we hate the sin. We hate sin. Everybody say, I hate sin. 
Why does God hate sin so much? He hates sin so much because he can't stand in the presence of sin. Sin separates him from the thing he loves most. He loves you, Clara. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. But if you decide to get sin and say, well, grace is sufficient, it'll take care of me. Yes, that's true. However, you separate yourself from God's love. He doesn't stop loving you, but he can't hang with you when you enter into sin. Does that make sense? So when people have those strongholds, we've got to speak the truth of the word of God, not water that thing down. So they threatened these two guys and they said, look, we're going to beat you. We're going to throw you in jail if you don't knock it off. And they said, hey, we're not going to knock it off. And when they finally were released, they got together and they prayed for more boldness. They had boldness before. Now they, they prayed for more boldness. And then this is what we'll conclude with, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all spoke the word of God with great boldness. How many of you need to be bolder than you are? Let's stand to our feet. Now, I want to read something to you here. This is what boldness means. Outspoken, unreserved utterance, freedom of speech with frankness, candor, cheerful courage, and the opposite of cowardice, timidity, or fear. Here it denotes a divine Enablement that comes to ordinary and unprofessional people exhibiting spiritual power and authority, and it refers to a clear presentation of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ without ambiguity. Boldness, parisia, is not a human quality, but a result of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The day and age we live in today, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need men and women of God who are not ashamed to stand up and proclaim the truth of the Word of God no matter what happens to them or against them. And when people come and tell you you're judgmental, you just stand firm and tell them I love you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If we begin to live our life like that, the exponential effect that could happen in any church, but in every church, would be phenomenal. America has still great days left. I believe that. I really do. But I believe that America has to get their head out of the sand. We spend too much time looking to the Washington, D.C., totally corrupt. Some good men and women there, but the political system, the executive, the judicial, the legislative, we have too much corruption. If this country is going to change course, I believe it's going to be the men and women of God who know Christ and who want to see a difference and who want to be used and say, God, here am I. Send me. Can you say amen to that? Bow your heads with me just for a moment, if you would, please. All over this church, I want to ask you a question. Do you know if you died today, you'd go to be with Jesus? Or maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you know that you have never asked him to come in and 
forgive you of your sins. Or maybe you're, you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You've walked away from the Lord. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I know my life is not right. I know I need Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air. And we're going to pray for you. Wait just a moment. Give the Holy Spirit an opportunity. Is there anyone at all? You say, I... I know my life is not right. Hallelujah. Okay. Then if that, if that is true, that every single one of you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that means that the Spirit of truth through the power of the Holy Spirit resides within you. And you have an assignment from Almighty God to take that truth and to boldly declare it based on the leading of the Holy Spirit everywhere that you go. Denying yourself, picking up the cross, taking the truth, and declaring it. But before we go, I want to ask you this. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone And are you ready to step into an area of boldness even beyond where you are at the present time? Because if you are, God will use you. If you don't want to be used, he'll get somebody else. But how many of you are ready to step out of that comfort zone and be used by God? We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.